I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colorful, passionate, absorbing, Expensive, venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. You know, Chris, when we first started doing this, um, it used to be quite a daunting task to sit in front of a blank piece of paper and worry about the week just gone and and worrying if it had given us enough stories to follow. And you know what? That was really stupid of me, wasn't it? Well, don't use paper, just do it on a computer, man. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I can't do that. Uh, but, you know, so because football actually is the overfilled suitcase of the escaping con man, isn't it? Um, controversy and bile and greed and ignorance drop onto the floor at random and in the case itself are the worst excesses of all time. So this week, for instance, just to say, there have been a plethora of stories. A plethora. I, don't, I, I hate using the word plethora, but it, it was there. Um, bad and good, because, of course, football journalism is a bipolar endeavour, isn't it? That both loves and hates the game in equal measure it would seem yes. um, so just in case we miss anything and we will of course we will <laughs> um, here's a selection of stories from this week that we could or we might or we won't cover all right, all right. england's women's team reached the world cup final yes roy Keane and the emergence of funny pundit punditry okay chelsea <laughs> keep nicking liverpool's milk yeah. Kane goes to Bayern, yeah. Neymar to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. VAR uh, controversy is more important than Mason Greenwood. Um, uh-huh. uh, Richarlison won't shake hands with Antonio. Mason Mount's brother offers talk sport outside. Saudi league winners seek place in Champions League. Okay. Inter Miami offered a place in the Copa Libertadores. Right. Arsenal turned their concourse into a village fete. And <laughs> Everton and Leeds fans are kept under observation because people are so worried about them. I mean, there are more, not least. Oh, by the way, Jude Bellingham was hated at Dortmund. Did you know that? 
I didn't know that. No. Yeah, there you go. He was known as the new Terry Scott, apparently. Uh, no, he was, <laughs> they're, they're all very relieved that he's not there. And Charlie Drake would be another one, I think. Go for. <laughs> the new Terry um, Scott. It, what, yeah. did he, what did he keep inviting the boss home for tea without telling well, his no, wife? Because, there's been a thing this week where Miriam Margulies <laughs> has been slagging off Terry Scott and saying he was one, of, <laughs> one of the most nasty men that she'd ever met in her life. Which, oh, uh, um, no. Uh, it's not apparently a secret because I think Gene Whitfield said the same thing. Oh, no, really? But there you go. So, and no, there is obviously. one other story, of course, that is only just, I only saw in the last couple of minutes that uh, yep. that Michael Parkinson had died. I saw that, um, yes. And, uh, you know, it's some small consolation, I think, to, to know that every mourner at the funeral will get a free pen. That's nice, isn't it? That is yeah. nice. I like to hear those things like that. So let's start, obviously, with, I mean, the big story. Um, Whatever way you look at it, it's got to be the Women's World Cup final, hasn't it? Well, yeah, because uh, there have been two games, actually, for the Lionesses since we spoke last week. I'm sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone, because, yes, <laughs> they won the first one um, against Colombia, or Las Cafeteras, as we discovered they ch charmingly style themselves. Um, England were a little bit lucky, I thought, in this one. Um, my friend Colombian Steve certainly thought so. Uh, the equaliser just before <laughs> half-time seemed to be in the keeper's hands, but then suddenly, uh, inexplicably, it had popped out behind her for for a tap-in yes, for yes. Lauren Hemp. And then uh, it was, there was a, the Alessia Russo goal, the winning goal, was was a, an odd one as well. Cause there, was a, there was like a through ball, which yeah. she'd given up on. And then she suddenly, it was like she'd sort of noticed that yeah. the defender had given up on it and left it to the keeper and the keeper hadn't come out for it. And so she suddenly started up again yeah. and then put it in the goal, which is, which you don't often see. You don't often see that sort of, uh, that sort of stop start arrangement, but good, no, obviously. No, no. Finished very I well. Did, I, I, I'm fascinated to know, is it Colombian Steve, your mate, did you say? Yes, Colombian Steve. Yes. Colombian Steve, excellent. He, he works like in it. the, uh, he works in the little uh, office at Bassey Park. So I see him every Tuesday when we, oh, when right. we play. Okay. Yeah, and you remember from playing there that um, that our old friend Mick Boschel used to used to be we used to be Colombian Steve's boss used to yeah. boss him around. And when England played Colombia in the um, in the World Cup in 2018 and won on penalties, you remember, uh, Mick left his World Cup wall chart up for three years, <laughs> wouldn't take it down, <laughs> so that Colombian Steve had to look yes. at it every morning. But uh, now Colombian Steve is the boss, and oh. Blimey, yeah. the, the, the stuff that's on the wall now. But, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> he's a good lad, Colombian Steve. But anyway, um, so then the, the Lionesses were, were playing Australia yesterday morning. A great time, incidentally, for the games to be on, for me, one of the army of self-unemployed. But um, there were some hilarious stories in the build-up. Did you see about dirty tricks being played by the Aussies? They're so lame at dirty tricks. This is they what are. it occurs to me. Uh, their, their version of the Daily Telegraph, which went mad and renamed it, Itself, the Daily Tillygraph. Did you see that? Why? Stuff. Because of the Matildas, it's like a Matilly. Well, it doesn't really uh, work, does it? Just, to be fair. No, it doesn't work at all. Uh, no. not, uh, also, not working, their plan to fly a helicopter over England's secret trading session to try and spot Serena Vigman's master plan. I mean, is that right? It's always a mistress plan. It might be a mistress plan. Like I'm could not be, sure. Yeah. It's a minefield, isn't it? But, um, like, you wouldn't notice a helicopter. If they're not been paying attention, Leeds, Leeds fans could tell them it's a drone. You use a drone for this yeah, stuff because yeah. they're tiny and you and people don't quite believe that they've they've seen yeah. it they think it might be a giant and, insect 
And if you haven't got one, you know that Marco Bielsa's got one. You could borrow one off him, couldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly so. you, know, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, you can network a little bit if you can yeah. be bothered. But a helicopter, crumbs. No, no. The, 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 drone is, the drone is definitely something that you could source from within the football family. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. And, uh, yeah, apparently the Australians um, leaked the code that England fans were given to buy tickets in the England fan area so that loads of Aussie fans would be in there. Dirty trick. You know, and and I may have been way too focused on the Ashes uh, this summer, which was very absorbing and uh, oh, just uh, so stressful, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it seemed to me that Australia had a player who was a dead ringer for Steve Smith. Poor girl. <laughs> Claire Polkinghorn. I'm just saying she looks like him. I'm not saying it was a dirty trick and it was Steve Smith in a ginger wig. I'm not, not even sure that that would have worked. No. But, uh, but England, did you see England were wearing this light blue change strip? Yes. Which is very reminiscent of that third kit from the Italia 90 and sort of Graham Taylor sort of era, which you see replicas of. It was a very popular kit. You see replicas of it just about every England game, even though I can only actually remember them wearing it in a match once in a game where Dennis Wise scored on his debut against right. Turkey yeah. in a Euro 92 qualifier. I don't know whether they had third shifts. I've, I have a feeling I've seen sort of 1970 World Cup players in those, but maybe they were, they were, they were training tops. Yeah, there, there was there, there was a sort of sky, a very yes, there was a sky yeah, blue, very light. Nineteen seventy, yeah. Francis but Lee, this, I can picture this one it, yeah. that they were wearing yesterday is very reminiscent of the ninety two one, it, it, yeah. uh, which I I have one and I play in it sometimes because in the game I play on a Tuesday, uh, we like Oldham, we play in blue and or tangerine, uh, so it works as a blue. And there's another lad actually, Torin John's my son John's friend. Uh, he wears one, who has one, wears it proudly. And he wasn't even born in 1992. <laughs> so right. it's a good shirt. It's a good so shirt. It was for the Euros, was it? It was, it was I think it was the, uh, around about Italian 90, but it lasted for a couple of years. So it was a Graham okay. Taylor okay. Uh, era kit as well. Anyway, the game was, was good, I thought. Some cracking goals, especially the Aussie one. And uh, Lauren Hemp's no-look pass. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Lauren Hemp's been my absolute favourite player in the whole tournament. I yeah. mean, she has got. I know. I know it sounds such a cliche, but she's got such a bloody motor on her. She just keeps yeah. going all game long, and I'm thinking, take her off, give her, give her a break. But no, she's up and down the bloody pitch all the time, and <laughs> yeah, and, and and just, and just uh, been more effective as well in in creating chances and and goals. And so yeah, he, she's she's been really good. I really like her. And the yeah. other one I'm quite pleased for because I remember watching the World Cup last time. Uh, was it in Canada? I can't remember. Wherever it was, and um, um, thinking that Millie Bright looked really quite a weak um, um, link in the whole thing. Okay. But she's got much, much, much better. And it seems like the captaincy um, is really suits her. And, and also in that Harry Maguire way, she hasn't been playing for Chelsea, but she's the captain of England, which oh, is quite cool. an interesting parallel, really. It's quite interesting. Yes, it is. And uh, the, uh, somehow having Serena Vigman with her, uh, have stylish glasses in charge is is a bit of a throwback to the Ericsson era, the Sven Goran Ericsson era. I I feel, and it's nice to feel him having taking some sort of vicarious success finally. Do you mean? <laughs> do you mean, do you mean 
Do you mean the specky professor sort of of, of managing? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, everyone got very excited, didn't they, yesterday? I mean, I, I was watching the coverage, and as soon as it finished, it went to the news, and the news was all about it as well. The news was re- was regurgitating the, the whole thing with a with a uh, happy smile. Um, I, I saw a thing yesterday. This is how old I am now. I, uh, I saw a thing yesterday. The king congratulates... Um, the uh, lionesses on that bit, and I and I and I'd completely forgotten that that Prince Charles was the king now. No, no, and I yeah. thought, who is the king? Who's that? Yeah. Elvis. He died years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I I did the same thing. The whole king thing is. I'm still betting in for me. I've got to say, it's still betting in. It is. Yeah. I thought Rupert Pupkin was it? Rupert Pupkin has yeah. congratulated. <laughs> yeah, and you just you just you just feel that 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 you know he's gonna he's gonna start some sort of campaign against the robber barons at some stage or something like. That. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. We haven't had yeah, a king yeah. before, well, you and I. We haven't, no. And everyone was tremendously excited at the end of the uh, the England were in the World Cup final. And uh, I, I, I find it a little tiresome. I must say, uh, Gabby L- Logan said it was England's first World Cup final since 1966, which just made me sigh a little bit. I mean, uh, apart from anything else, it was in the same stadium that England won the Rugby World Cup final in 2003. But um, I don't think that they should be conflating men's and women's football records. I mean, it's, what it is, is England's first women's World Cup final ever. And I think, you know, that's more impressive, isn't it? It's it a is. unique feat. There's no need to reference yeah. Bobby Charlton yeah. or Jeff Hurst. I mean, the, these girls are, are pioneers, you know. It's, they're not following in the footsteps of. It's not It's not fair to them, I don't think. And, and you know, do you think if, in, if uh, the men's team win the Euros next summer, it will be England's first European Championship win since 2022? Or will we be talking about fifty-eight years of hurt and football coming home? You know, well, I, I think, think I think a lot of people got their 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 pants in a twist over this whole thing because they they wanted it to be on a level with the with the men's World Cup, but they mm. also wanted to be pioneers and and they got sort of crossed both ways. And and I agree with you. I think that I think the important thing is if you look at the history of women's football, the fact that they weren't really allowed to play till nineteen seventy two after the thirties yeah, and have yeah. reached a World Cup final. That's that's impressive all on its own. You yeah, don't yeah. need the other stuff. Yeah. And of course, also, I'm looking forward at the at the final on Sunday to seeing if Gianni Infantino is there or if it's my mate standing in for him, <laughs> the Gianni Infantino lookalike. Did you hear that he's asked for um, um, a police escort to get to the game? What, Nick has? <laughs> no, 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 Gianni. No, Gianni and, Infantino, uh, the real Gianni Infantino has, yeah. And the New Zealand government have said, no, you're not important enough. <laughs> very pleasing, isn't it? It's the sort of thing you'd like to have seen happen to set Blatter more. I think. Yes, absolutely right. <laughs> and the other thing on Sunday, when we were playing this, the Spanish, and I watched. Did you watch the Spanish game? Yes, yes. Yeah, which is quite dull to start with. But when they brought on that uh, Paralalulio, Paralalulio, yes. uh, she was. It's a very dying. good uh, Blondie album, I think, isn't it? <laughs> it right, is. Uh, yes, Paralelo Linus. Paralelo Linus. Yeah. <laughs> parallel. Yeah. Anyway, she was very, very good. Um, and the thing I like about the Spanish is, is that they're pretending to be Dutch by all falling out with the manager and refusing oh, to cool. shake hands with him. Did you see cool. that? Yeah, well, and, and the Spanish do that as well, of course, don't they? Oh, the well, and the Portuguese. Uh, uh, yeah. 
But um, yeah. I, the Spanish, it, it's interesting. The, the, I don't know why it's interesting. It's a, a, a philosophy of football thing that the Spanish uh, ladies team have the same like obsessive uh, worry over the possession stats that the that the men's do. There's the same, you know, we should win the game because we've had the ball for seventy percent of the time. That that thing that I always like to see fall on its face. Well, there'll be a blueprint, won't there? Yeah, yeah, maybe, or a uh, yeah. print azul. They'll be uh, <laughs> hey, let's hope so. <laughs> amongst the uh, yeah, uh, amongst the coaching fraternity in Spain. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to to Sunday. Although I will be driving to Scotland, and I don't know whether to to stop off. Do you think well, we should get to Scotland to watch it or not? Uh, no, no, watch it down here. The, the worry always is that you'll get to Scotland and find that no one will open... Well, obviously any excuse to open pubs early in Scotland, but it, there you go, stereotyping away. But yeah. um, they'll be busy with their porridge, you know, at but, that and, time and, of day. Um, Sunday as well, of course. So, <laughs> so the further north I go, anyway... We'll yeah, see. no, I'm just, I just remember um, in the Euros when uh, England were in the semi-final, I think, my son John being in Wales and the the, the one pub uh, with a big blackboard outside saying, not showing England game, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, that that thing, that yeah. thing you might find. Or you might find a lot of Spanish flags and people watching it quite enthusiastically. There's that as well. Yeah, there yeah, is yeah. that. And, uh, you know, I celebrate that. That's absolutely fine. Um, and, of course... Premier League's back, is it? Not? Well, yeah, it did. Premier League got back underway. I mean, it was it, it started with Burnley, Man City, didn't it, on the Friday night? And uh, did you have the feel the, the feeling that I had watching the beginning? Because I watched the beginning of it, I couldn't stomach the whole thing. But um, the sense that the Golden Boot had already been decided after about a quarter of an hour, <laughs> and Harlan net, netted two, and and Kane on the same day was signing for Bayern Munich. You think that's that's that then, isn't it? That's the end of that uh, that season long race in the middle of August. You know, I mean, there's there's Hoyland, isn't there? Still to come. Uh, Man United. We've no, yep. we've no idea whether he's going to turn out to be a similar uh, phenomenon. Uh, but and we've and so because uh, he's injured, we've been deprived of Haaland against Hoyland early doors. But could this be the contest to watch? You know, Haalander, the quickening. You know, there can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> now at Arsenal, it struck it struck me. I, I watched a bit of that game. They still have. Uh, the same heady concoction of great build-up play and great goals, and then suddenly shitting themselves when the opposition threatens to get back into it. That blighted their the same mental fragility that blighted their 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 run in last yeah, season. Yeah. They still yeah. have that because they had they had, they had Brentford, didn't they? And they had Southampton. Oh, These were yes. two home games. They were expected when Brentford won in Southampton. They think they drew within the end three all, was it? Uh, right um, at the end. Yes, yes. Yeah, I went yeah, to that yeah, game. Yeah. Yes, I went to that oh, game, yes, yes. and they were already one nil down. And by the time I found my seat, <laughs> yes. but yeah, um, so but you know, hopefully they'll they'll uh, they'll do well because apart from anything else, they have a lot of uh, England players, also, yep, which is good. Do. They have Saka, they have Rice, and they have Ramsdale, and you know, it, it, it's nice to see them do well from a neutral point of view. But anyway, um, Newcastle, though, are top of the league, aren't they? After a, after thrashing Villa, mm -hmm. it seems like um, Sandro Tonali had played for. 
six minutes before they started talking about putting oh. a statue of him up outside the oh, ground. God. You see that yeah. that instant oh. love affair that oh. only only Geordies seem capable of. Yeah, but this is this is exactly the same thing as 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 we talked about this last week. Is you know you, you win your first game and everything's possible, and then you lose one, and we'll talk about Oldham later. And we've both, we've both lost yeah. games recently, oh, but shit, it's like well. the the catastrophizing of it all. You know this. Oh well, that's it. You know you can only afford to lose seven games in the season, and that's one of ours already, or two in your case. Um, you know, yeah. if, if you're going to go up as champions, you know, and you're thinking it's the first bloody weeks of the season. What well, I know, are you and you know, about? But Luton, Luton got uh, done by Brighton, who seemed completely unperturbed by losing their star midfield for uh, masses of money. The yeah. star midfield from last season, McAllister and Caicedo, uh, just seemed to be about to roll on exactly yeah, as, yeah. as as before. And, and, but Luton, all oh, Luton are virtually down now. It's one of those things where the um, where the bookmakers will uh, did they, didn't they do this on Stoke one time? They pay did. out ludicrously early on uh, on uh, Luton going down. They paid out on. No, Stoke. I'm sure they haven't done it yet. On the one. They paid out on Stoke after the first game, which was away at Bolton, which we lost three one. Right, and, did they? After the we, first game, we, they did. Yeah, wow. and we stayed up for ten years. So you know they weren't quite right. But there you go. Yeah. Sometime well, so and the, then the 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 last part of the uh, Premier League uh, picture was shaded in on on Monday night when Manchester United got away with one didn't they on Monday night 96 minute of 97 Onana their fresh uh, dodgy keeper came flying out for a cross missed the ball and absolutely flattened a 6 foot 7 inch striker <laughs> 6 foot 7 inch wolf striker Kalajdic I think he's called um, I found uh, Eric Ten Hag's justification for this one not being given was very interesting. Um, he said the ball was touched before Andre dived in, so he did not influence the touch by the Wolves player. Now, is it just me, or is that a description of any late tackle? Any late tackle. Yeah. <laughs> the ball's already been touched when the player dives in. That's what makes him late, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that like just describing a foul? From yeah. like first principles, but anyway, yeah. the real and explanation and of this. anything else, the ball had nothing to do with it. It was actually it was extremely dangerous. Well, he play hit him on else. he hit him on the head with both of his hands, which you know, which you can't do. Although it happened to an Oldham striker on uh, on Tuesday night, got whacked in the face with both the defender's hands, and not a penalty, not even a free kick. Yeah, nothing. the only time when it's really acceptable is in a Southern Baptist church to have two hands placed upon your head. That's yeah. fine there. Yeah, that's placed. <laughs> laid, well, laid on, strictly speaking, the laying yeah, on yeah. of hands. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course, the real explanation is that it was Manchester United at home, and VARs are just are just people, people who can be subliminally influenced in favour of big clubs with nice red shirts by decades and decades of hype. Um, unconscious bias is is inevitable when with the human element. The sooner AI takes over everything, the better. And those words should now be played, echoing over an apocalyptic landscape with 20-foot-high robot referees reducing buildings to rubble with ray guns while the puny humans cower beneath upturned flaming cars. You can imagine uh, that. Yeah. We'll do, we can do some noises. Pew, pew. There's some noises <laughs> for that. But, um, but yeah, but Gary O'Neill got booked, of course, for dissent 
at this mm-hmm. shameless floodlit robbery, you've got to feel a bit sorry for O'Neill because he got such a raw deal at Bournemouth, not just by being sacked from Bournemouth yeah, yeah. Uh, after saving them, but also it seemed like the VAR people were apologising to him every other week last mm-hmm. season uh, because Bournemouth, uh, the, the little club, are always on the wrong end of these things. And straight after this game, lo and behold, John Moss, the uh, PGMOL spokesman, apologised to him. Howard Webb, the referee's chief, apologised to him. And then the three referees involved in this in this uh, dreadful blunder uh, were were not picked for, not technically dropped. They said that they're not dropped. They just haven't been. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so for the uh, for the uh, uh, yes for the games next Saturday. Um, and it seems to me the only way to cure unconscious bias in favour of bigger clubs is to replace it with a, a degree of conscious bias against them. And this is that Howard Webb needs to keep pointing out every time it happens and keep dropping the referees every time it happens. And eventually that message will, will, will get home. I mean, but it was, it was a depressing, um, a depressing thing. And I felt very sorry for Wolves because they had, uh, they had uh, all pretty much bossed the game. United weren't really, weren't really dangerous, weren't really threatening. And Wolves had, uh, well, this was the phrase. Wolves had uh, the most shots uh, against Manchester United in recorded history. That was the that was the phrase in the paper. And recorded history uh, means when they started counting shots was two thousand and four five, I think. Yeah. So yeah. recorded history is even is even you know nearer to the present day than yeah. the start of the Premier League, which yeah. is when football history yeah. um, actually began. And, and to be fair, you know, the um, um, the Charge of the Light Brigade, the poem, now that records a lot of shots, doesn't it? Um, there's, <laughs> there's guns to the left, you know, that's recorded. Guns to the left, and, and they were the to right. the right as well. And they were to the right, you see. So, so it's like first half, second half. Yeah, yeah, they weren't wingless yeah. wonders. The, the, yeah. The, now the thing, the the just one thing on 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 the Premier League, which it's this is something that's been worrying me since the summer. You talked about cricket earlier, and 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 an Australia sort of Mallory Towers um, sledging that they do, um, <laughs> um, pathetic. Um, but this this is a genuine worry to me that pundits of all uh, you know types seem to think that they're funny and they've got funny things that they can do well and i think i think you know a lot of them have spent too much time in the company of micah richards and you're going well, to feel that. funny if you've been with micah richards for 20 minutes that's, you know that, there's that yeah but so so for instance in the cricket and the, and this is you know then them trying to ape test match special which doesn't work at all um in the fifth test it, the oval which was a fantastic um uh, game and mm really interesting and you know the cricket that's all you needed the, the cricket was entertaining hmm. but no no they spend the first five days the first four days and the fifth day going on and on about how many times glenn mcgrath has got michael atherton out hmm. and how if broad gets out water on and fucking on they went about it and they'd have McGraw and Atherton in a special talk they'd show all that and they thought this was absolutely hilarious and then it came to the fifth day and just as it was getting interesting just as England um, got that third fourth and fifth wicket um, they decided they had a really funny clip to show us of Nasser Hussein and they kept 
trying to put it in. And England were taking wickets yeah, like yeah. every four balls. Yeah, yeah, and I saw that. Said, it was um, Butcher was doing it, wasn't he? Mark yeah, Butcher was doing it. And, and he did half of his half of his comparison and never got the Nasser Hussein point He never out. got there. But, but you know, <laughs> clearly this was, this was the exciting thing for them. He's thinking, it's an exciting test match. I don't want to hear your joke about Nasser Hussein. I mean, I like these people very much, but not then. Not, yeah, then, not then, time surely. and place, man, time and place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was an exciting week for uh, punditry, given that Monday Night Football had a reboot um, in a studio the size of the Bond stage at Pinewood or something, with brand new gizmos and gadgets for Carragher and Neville to play with. They can get, you know, right into the action, apparently. God help us all. Uh, well, not really. I mean, the new thing was they came out from behind the standing desk that they have, Carragher, Neville, uh, Karen Carney, and the suit who presents it. And there was a massive screen that the boys could draw without putting their hands on it on, on little iPads mm. um, and I doubt if they can even reach half of it with a step it's probably ladder. it's the equivalent of an overhead projector is what it yes, is yes yes really. that's right yeah. and the, but there was another big screen on the floor that they called the dance floor um, and apparently we were told designed to God. deal with high heels um, I'm presuming that'll be Karen Carney they think of and not Carragher's secret that he's been hiding behind the desk but in any case everyone was wearing soft shoes being very careful and standing right on the edge of it not it's it must be worrying to think okay, it's a telly can I stand on it I don't know yeah, yeah, but apparently yeah, yeah. apparently you could drive a car on it and imagine the immersive presentation of Formula One with Carragher in the middle of the racing cars in a sports utility vehicle talking us through it occasionally leading out to spit at Verstappen but um, <laughs> <laughs> but Sky are really all in on these guys aren't they Carragher and Neville uh, with yeah, yeah. the overlap television experiment I hope it's an experiment anyway imagine that going to season 15 Jesus yeah, yeah. I'll be dead well, by then. Yeah. <laughs> or possibly during. It might conceivably be the final straw. But still. <laughs> also on Monday at halftime, they had Micah Richards and Jamie Carrier taking penalties at Old Trafford uh, in a Manchester City shirt and a Liverpool shirt, right? Uh, These uh, people know nothing, number one. Two, match of the day. Match of the day. Did you see match of the day this weekend? Where yes. It began It began with Shearer wearing a pilot's hat, okay? Yes. Okay, because <laughs> he, he, he really wants Kane to go to, to Germany. To go so that he doesn't win his thing. It'll protect yeah. his Premier League goal-scoring uh, yeah. record. Now, no, not oh, only was, oh, the hilarity. Oh, not only, not only was the joke three days old when it came on, okay? Hmm. He wore the hat. He fucking wore the hat. That's what and I then said. I was, it was too small. Yeah. And if I was yes, really called uh, Michael Richards, I'd just be going. He wore it. And we told him to wear it, and he wore it. <laughs> we gave him a hat, and he put it on. Next put it week. On. Next week, a, a, a three-pointed jester hat yes. with bells on the end. Yes. That's what we have. Anyway, just before we go to the break, the the big thing on Monday Night Football, the big new thing, was called mm. uh, virtual view and offers replays from any player's point of view. And they were using this before the Man United Wolves game uh, to show incidents from Chelsea-Liverpool. I was still watching after to see if they did replays. I don't know how long they take to, to prepare these things. Although presumably they could knock up a, a view of the backseat of a dugout uh, fairly quickly. Uh, Harry Maguire's eye view of the game. But it wasn't clear exactly what this is going to add because to get the value out of the virtual view... Carragher had to tell us what the player was thinking. So it's not just what he's looking at, it's it's what what's in the player's mind. See, McAllister's thinking, if I knock it to that side, it'll get blocked off. But is he really? You know, I don't know that players are thinking most of the time. I think they're reacting instinctively in the moment, you know. I think Carragher's in danger of superimposing a thought process that actually hasn't 
taken place and we're in danger of just dissecting the magic to death. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. You know, I'd like to see Carragher try to work out what Oldham's Bentolit is thinking at any moment. I've never seen a player who gives the ball away to opposition players so much. I mean, and you genuinely can't work out what he was thinking at any given moment. You genuinely yeah. can't even see what he's trying to do. I have a feeling it would be like the view you get of, of Homer Simpson's mind working. Yeah. You know, a donkey slowly chewing a piece of grass or two monkeys picking fleas off each other. Yeah. Oh, yes, or that. Uh, or a bear hear, with the symbols. Uh, if, yes, if you can hear that, if you can hear Nick. Hands clapping yeah. together. He's miming the the uh, wind up wind up bear thing with the symbols. <laughs> you know, Uncle Roy Butterworth, the old commentator, likes to say that Tollett's problem is Tollett's problems with his final ball. The trouble is that whenever he's involved, his in a move, his ball is always the final ball. Final ball, yeah. yeah. And I and also I want to see virtual view used on that Lauren Hemp uh, no look pass through for the goal on uh, in the England game because she was looking in the stand. <laughs> you know, and, the virtual view would be very, very confusing there of what that yeah, is. Yeah. But anyway, we need to uh, we need to uh, we do take a we do just just around this. I just I just wanted to say I don't know whether you saw the um, Daniel Sturridge singing Usher. Uh, yeah, in front of Roy <laughs> Keane, while Alexander Arnold uh, was there, and, and one or two others, yeah. and Mike, Michael Richards, of course, because it was funny. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Which was which was great. He was basically doing that and doing what my old teacher would have said was titting about instead of doing <laughs> his work. Okay, but there was a fantastic message I saw which said, "Dear Sky, my son loved Daniel Sturridge singing Usher and dancing away with his." friends but he's 14 and he doesn't pay the bill i do sort it out get a grip <laughs> excellent work right let's take a break i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, enough of the dazzling star-studded glamour and excess of the Premier League. Time to switch over from Babylon to a disappointing Sky original featuring bog-standard performers you've never heard of, miserably contemplating the ruin of all their hopes, both on screen and off. I speak, metaphorically of course, of the Vanarama, the league below the league, the National Conference of Doom, where my team, Old Mathletic, began the season last week as second favourites for promotion with a thumping 4-0 defeat to a South End United side whose financial future is far from secure, but whose on-field setup looked in remarkably rude health. Bottom, after one game. I remember when they didn't even do league tables until everyone had played three. Do you remember that? And yes. now you can, you, you can get up to date tables right from the start of the first game, with every goal causing chaotic surges upwards and downwards. Our second opponents, Aldershot Town, had been second early on, before anyone had scored, thanks to alphabetical order, and finished the, uh, finished the opening day, still second on goal difference, after thumping newly promoted Oxford City. Now, David Unsworth was hammered for playing four cent by me, <laughs> for playing <laughs> four centre halves and not bringing in a desperately needed proper right back over the summer. In the week, he put the second bit right by recruiting Kieran Freeman, who played for Sheffield United in the Championship and who has an international cap for Wales and a Panini card. So a quite reputable right back. Excellent. One of the centre halves was suspended after being sent off, and another was dropped after a debut performance that reminded me rather of a daddy long legs trapped in a jam jar. And lo and behold, we were playing 4-4-2, and we were on the front foot, attacking down the flanks, connecting with the front two, Norwood and Nuttall. By half time, we'd scored three great goals. Norwood was off the mark, Dickinson had nailed goal of the season, early doors, and Tollett had smashed in another. God knows what he was thinking there. An own goal midway through the second half, brought Aldershot back into things as a familiar panic set in for a few minutes. But by the end, Norwood and Dickinson had scored again. The current boo-boy Nuttall had three assists. And surely, surely, Unsworth had stumbled on a formation, a team, a style of play that was going to work. And not only was it going to work, it was inevitably going to take us charging up the table after Chesterfield, who had barely scraped a couple of sporty wins over teams expected to struggle. After a win like Saturday's, you know this, the next game can't come soon enough. A crowd of all but 8,000 excited Latics crammed into Boundary Park for Tuesday night's routine thrashing of last season's bogey team, FC Halifax Town, who it seemed, sadly, had done their homework and pressed our forwards and midfields very quickly. Oldham reflexively, as we will, stepped back, stood off, surrendered the middle, and sure enough, Halifax scored with one straight ball through the middle to a forward in loads of space who banged it into the top corner after seemingly several minutes to set himself, decide what to do, and make sure he was absolutely ready to do it. Yeah, Oldham equalised scrappily from a corner, and the hope was that Unsworth would see what was happening and send out to the exciting attacking team from Saturday for the second half. Sadly, though, he sent out the team that lost both games to Halifax last season, and sure enough, we conceded our own scrappy goal from a corner and lost for the third time in a row to this opposition by two goals to one. Worst of all, Halifax played five at the back, so the worry is that Unsworth will now be tempted to revert to that for our big game on Saturday against table-topping Chesterfield, which is live on TNT, formerly trading as BT Sports. This was selected pre-season as the clash of the favourites, but Oldham are currently in the after-three-games table 17th, which I think I'm right in saying is our average league position for the last 15 years. 
TNT have lined up John Sheridan as the co-commentator for Saturday, who managed both teams on multiple occasions. He was, of course, the orchestrator of a number of what they called shesurrections in recent years at Oldham. But such has been the roller coaster start to this term that I fear we may be in for another season at Shesington World of Adventures. Oh, dear. Uh-huh. There's been talk. There's been talk amongst the Oldham uh, kind of senti about oh, yeah. another resurrection, sh- but I suppose it's a very short journey, isn't it, from being uh, unhappy to claiming that uh, Shazza should come back. That's what it seems to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's technically retired. I mean, he, he retired while he was still, you know, uh, picking the team at Oldham. I think. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Well, Neil Warnock's retired, and he's manager at Fudgesfield. Um, That's true, and Roy Hodgson uh, also. Yeah. Hudson, of course, of course, of course. Um, yeah. Crowds very good though. Crowds are very good. Yeah, uh, all but eight thousand, like yeah. seven thousand nine hundred and some. Yeah, on Tuesday night for Tuesday I think night. There were more on Tuesday than there were on Saturday. Weren't there, there were, yes, yes. Halifax, Halifax probably brought more, did they? Halifax brought more than Aldershot. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. Aldershot had uh, had just a little small section down the touchline, and they opened up the the proper away end, which used to be the home yeah. end uh, for yeah. for Halifax. I think they brought eight hundred. I think. Mm. Well, when we spoke last week, Stoke had, had had played two games and won them both, of course. So, yes. therefore, a, a ridiculous amount of confidence. Now, well, you've been enjoying the two-game league table. Yeah. Yes, I was enjoying that. Well, no, it wasn't because one of them was oh, in well, the was club. Oh, it was League Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but now, suddenly, we lose a game. We lost a tip switch, and there's toilet roll hoarding levels of panic. Uh, as we, <laughs> oh, oh, Because apart from losing, we haven't bought anyone for six days. So people are getting extremely cross about that. Um, I've absolutely no idea how we're going to get on against Watford on Saturday. And uh, do you know what? I think that's a good thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you want. Yeah. Instead of that horrible certainty of a you know an awful drudgery drudged game where you where you lose to a late goal at home, which is what happened nearly every time last season. Yeah, it's a two-edged sword, isn't it? Consistency is a two-edged sword. You, yeah, want, yeah, you yeah. want to be surprised from time to time. Yeah. And Stoke, you know, Stoke, Stoke, Stoke have their own history, don't they? You know, we've had had quite a few um, knights play for us. We had, you know, Sir Jeff Hurst played for Stoke, and Stanley Matthews, of course, actually played whilst a knight. And mm. you know, and with it, we're the oldest club in the league. Well, we were the oldest club in the league, but then Notts County have gone out and come back in again. Come back but you in know, again. we've set we've set some historical bars, and um, and. We, we have a new one this week. So here's a little history lesson for you. <clears throat> Did you know, Chris, that you can qualify to be a Druid or more <laughs> properly uh, a member of the Gorset uh, by taking yeah. examinations and showing a commitment to Welsh art and music? Now, this is not, let, let's stress, this is not the Ken Barlow type of Druid, which as far as I can tell is just dogging with sheets on. So uh, <laughs> imagine my proud pride when a new member of the Gorset was announced, Shion Dragana also uh, known as Stoke City's 70s midfield engine room, John Mahoney. Wow, also, he's a druid. Yeah, also wow. Middlesbrough and Swansea. Uh, wish him well, and I hope he gets to meet uh, the mighty sorcerer Tim from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, yeah, and he'll, he'll, never go, he'll never go short of, of water as long as he's got a Y-shaped twig. That's right. And, and yeah. next time, we're hoping Alan Hudson will be applying to join the Shining Path. Uh, <laughs> right, shall we go That's to Saudi? A- well, yes, there have been more developments, haven't there, in the sports-washing takeover of the entire world. Um, Saudi Arabia are now planning to play some friendlies at St James's Park because they own it. Why not? Um, Asian Cup warm-ups against Costa Rica and South Korea. Um, and what do they think is going to happen? It, you know, a chance for the Geordies to put their tea towels on their heads again. Um, are, so, are Saudi football fans going to materialise 
from all corners of the British Isles converted to a new fascination with the Saudi football team because the Saudi Pro League has bought Alan San Maximan. Uh, it seems to me like this is, I don't know, asking for trouble. And these friendlies are protests waiting to happen, aren't they? Uh, protests against the Saudi regime waiting to happen. And there's a supporters group called NUFC Fans Against Sports Washing. And they said, our club is being used as a billboard for one of the world's most authoritarian regimes. And it's true, isn't it? That's what's happening. Absolutely true. Absolutely I mean, true. I, I, I have said I, I was briefly supporting Saudi Arabia during the World Cup when they were beating Argentina. Um, and... I guess the Saudi Pro League has now begun on DAZN, the the uh, lame boxing channel, uh, which is actually what they call it. It's actually on their masthead. Um, the lame have a boxing channel. <laughs> the lame boxing channel. They yeah. have a deal to show three games a week. Did you see this? With one, one of the games guaranteed to feature Cristiano Ronaldo's team. But sadly, in the debut week of their coverage, Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo was injured. <laughs> he'd, he'd overextended his neck while posing for a statue, something like that. But um, are people going to tune in to this, do you think, DAZN, to watch the Saudi Pro League? Engage with which of the four of the four teams owned by the Saudi Public Investment Fund is going to come out on top? I can't see it. I, I can't see it either, but I was very, very, very shocked to see uh, when I was going through the BBC uh, uh, website for scores and fixtures that the Saudi League are on there. They have, uh, they have appeared, haven't they? And, yeah. And, they, and where, they, where they're all, all the matches are in alphabetical order, you can get right down to the bottom and it's still an A. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they're all L something. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, you know, I'm supporting Al Murray, I don't know about anyone else, but anyway. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be, you know, any any stemming of the tide of players moving out there. It's it's like the Wild West. It's like it's like a gold rush with players arriving in wagon trains from Paris Yeah, I've seen Frankfurt. it described uh, rather winningly in the paper as a Gal Galacticos trolley dash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I yes, think is yes, quite cool. Yes. But anyway. And all these players are hanging around singing soulful songs of home in the manner of Lee Marvin. And the ladies of ill repute will, of course, surely follow, uh, as it happens in all of these, you know, uh, races uh, the, the to... The gold rush thing. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. gold rush well thing. Neymar is the latest, isn't he? He's signed from uh, PSG, uh, and maybe we gave up on that uh, that odd couple thing too soon. What do you think? Yeah, well, you could have what, Neymar and uh, Neymar and Ronaldo. Neymar and Ronaldo, and there's uh, and Emerick a- a- Laporte as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm Eric Laporte. That lovely thing about his nickname. No, I'm Eric Laporte. His thing being Eric. It feels like a runner, doesn't it? Like like uh, Rodney being called Dave in Only Fools. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah You know, I'm Eric Laporte. No, I'm Eric Laporte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but seriously, no though, oh, are we yeah. going to see a situation now where the very top earning players like uh, Ronaldo and Neymar and others who've gone there, Benzema, uh, they inevitably have to go there because no one else can afford to pay what they're being paid at Real Madrid or Juventus or PSG. Uh, and they, they go there instead of making a humiliating climb down and playing for less money. Look at Mbappe's... Uh, options. He wants to leave PSG, but where can he? He can't go anywhere. And he, if he doesn't want to go to Saudi Arabia, where can he go? So you know, inevitably, the money is going to going to draw them there because they can't get the money anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see um, the the deal that Neymar had uh, had uh, uh, agreed with? Uh, with is, is which one's he in Al Halal? One of those, anyway. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. here are the things. Well, here's one of them. Yeah. Here are the things that Neymar gets: a twenty-five bedroom house. <laughs> okay. okay. A forty meter by ten meter swimming pool and three saunas, five servants. 
a Bentley, okay. an Aston Martin. Anytime he goes to a hotel or a restaurant, the club pays. He has a private <laughs> jet to use anytime he wants. Every time he mentions Saudi Arabia positively in, uh, in, 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 on Twitter or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera he gets £500,000, okay? And he's being paid £100 million a year, okay? Which is <sighs> terrible, isn't it? It's it just is staggering. Yeah. And in other, in other news, just off, off the back of that, I, I should say that, that we may be asking for voluntary donations to access further content. A couple of quid <laughs> uh, <laughs> would probably do it, um, as Chris's guttering has gone again. So, can um, we, so li- listen can to we this not get, Can we not get 500,000 quid for mentioning the Saudi uh, league in it. Oh, we haven't done we, it in a positive way, have we? we no, uh, so we mentioned the we uh, mentioned the Saudis all the time, <laughs> and of course now uh, they're trying to get into the into the into the Champions League, which is uh, I can't see that UEFA would want that. Can you? I I can I can see that happening. Let me say that I can see that happening. I think okay. that I think that um, Seferin is the guy, isn't it? U, UEFA. I think. Uh, if we know nothing else about UEFA and FIFA, it's that money talks. Yes, and but, the idea but. that you know you could you could have Ronaldo playing against Manchester United in a Champions League group game. I think they're going to see that, and I think they're going to rub their fingers together with glee. Look at the um, what the Saudis have done uh, in the world of professional golf. And yes. they they started out as uh, upstarts. Uh, you know, arrivists were waving their wallets about, um, and uh, widely despised by half at least of the golf community. Uh, but one by one, they chipped away and uh, took the guys that took the, the top golfers over there away from the main PGA, and then they bought the PGA. Well, my my the reason I is is nothing to do with those things. And you're right. You know, we know that UEFA are uh, are, are greedy and and motivated by money. But the thing is, if they allow a Saudi team to play in the Champions League, that then opens up a window into a World League, and that would be run by FIFA, and they won't want yeah, that. Yeah, club world. Yes, that's yeah, also that, true. However, that, they allowed Australia into Eurovision. They think about, absolutely think about get, that. Absolutely, yeah. they did. They did. Uh, but you know, nobody's really happy about that, are they? To be fair, no and there weren't other that. competitions that they, they could have gone into. Oceania, vision, vision, song contest. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, would be a, a lot of didgeridoo numbers. Uh, that's what I think. <laughs> absolutely. <yeah. laughs> Maybe a revival of Men at Work. But anyway, just yeah. to complete my wagon train uh, analogy, um, as I say, the, 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 the gold rushers will be followed, of course, uh, by the women of ill repute, won't they? But they won't be the young and successful imin- women of ill repute. They'll be blousy like Shelley Winters. So I'm saying look <laughs> out, look, look out, by the way, for the return of Abby Titmus. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Look out for Abby. Poor Abby Titmus. I mean, you're going to, you're going. They're all. The thing is that the, the, even the women of ill repute are going to have to be completely covered up. So you know, yes, they are. They're, they're going, a multitude of sins are going to be uh, covered up under the hijab. But anyway, now as I think about the Saudi Arabia thing, just one last little thing. Doesn't it make you think? I mean, I, I've been waiting for years now for the money bubble to burst in football and i i can't help thinking how much is too much money 
for uh, for someone to be earning. And you know, you just itemized what Neymar is is going to be yeah. taking out, which I like to think that the newspapers are going to describe as a pay packet and work out how much yeah. he gets a week, yeah. as though he has to go up to a window and, and collect it That's from right. a bloke with uh, yeah. you know bifocals with a wheelbarrow. Um, yeah, yeah, in in a little brown envelope. Yeah. Uh, or in, in, in a number of brand envelopes, let's yeah. say. But when when Jordan Henderson, for instance, goes to Saudi Arabia for uh, you know five or six times what he was earning at Liverpool, which was already an obscene amount of money, you've had people say things like, "Well, fair play, he's got to think of his family's security." <laughs> hasn't he you know but he's making 700 grand a week how fucking secure does his family need to be you know he could put them in an in an ivory tower with round the clock armed security yeah. uh, for years on one week's money you know you could secure the royal fucking family for that much you know yeah yeah exactly it's 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 just it's hilarious it, it they they use the phraseology as if it's saying i need to put food on the table for on my the table, family roof over yeah. the head with Underneath yeah. the roof, 25 fucking bedrooms, a swimming yeah. pool and three yeah. saunas. But, <laughs> yeah, right. but instead, instead, the bottom line seems to be, I need to make sure that nobody in my family ever has to work again for the rest of time. <laughs> for the rest of time. Well, exactly. And I think the, 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 the brutal fact is that the money has gone past the point for footballers generally it's gone of meaning that. It doesn't mean that anymore. What it is, what it's about for Ronaldo, say, at the top end, is he needs to be earning the most. What will yes, be agitating yes, him yes. is if Neymar is earning more than him, because it's yeah. a status thing, because he could never spend the, all the money that he gets, not even if he buys, if he carries yeah. on buying islands for his agent. He can never spend all that, but that's what resonates yeah. in the football brain. And that's what virtual view frankly, on Monday Night Football should be telling us. Carragher should be saying, now Now he's looking at the man in front of him and he's thinking, how much is he on? If he's more than me, I'm kicking him in the nuts. You know, it should be that. I think they should have to, you know, like a... Um, um, uh, what do they call it in horse racing? A, a handicap that or each yeah. player should have to bring on all their assets with them onto the pitch. Yeah, in, and, a, in know, a rucksack. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I know I, I can't see any reason why that wouldn't work. And and after Saudi, what, what's it going to be? I, I, I'm just waiting now for the uh, Alpha Centauri League, which will be the next one. But who's to say that they're any richer than us? We don't know. We don't. Know. I, we don't who's know. to say even how many feet they have? Yeah, um, we'll probably come back to transfers next week. We've got a lot of Bowley and Klopp stuff. Yeah, I just uh, yes, I just felt a bit sorry for Harry Kane leaving for Bayern Munich. Ostensibly, and this is the this is where, you know obviously there's money involved, but ostensibly to win trophies and for his debut to be coming on as a substitute halfway through a final and not winning that. Yeah, I, felt, yeah. I felt a bit sorry for old Harry Kane. But still, yeah, yeah. yes, I think that was that was that was very sad. But we'll talk about harsh. bowling clock clock next time. Um, next time, very very briefly, Greenwood. I know my views. Um, I just oh, okay. I just I just read the the Manchester United mission statement, which is greatness is more than a word. It's a way of being. It's about going further, <laughs> doing more, respect, honor, never settling for ordinary. I'm going to put that out there, and that is the end of my comment on it. Uh, but it won't be the end of theirs. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I mean, because obviously they've got to find somehow uh, balance the uh, the understandable distaste for behaviour that's been all over social media uh, with their duty of care and desire for further forward options. Yes, 
there's that. And they'll just keep putting out um, you know, press releases until one of them seems to work or everybody forgets, like as you said before, with Chad Evans. Um, although Chad Evans yeah. did serve, serve, uh, serve time, didn't well, he? Well, Chad Evans was uh, – there was a, a big furore because he was going to sign up for Oldham. So we were in the middle of – we had a I bit remember. of a record at the time. I think we had a bloke on the board who had a connection in the police force or some such thing. And, and you know, we, we, so he had, a, he had a heads up on when players were being let out. <laughs> you know, people, Excellent. So, Did you get Lee Hughes as well? <laughs> Lee Hughes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so he'd been in jail for uh, a traffic. Um, Driving offence, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but the Chet Evans thing – um, there were protests, you know, because he was, he was at the time we tried to sign him uh, a convicted rapist. But he was there was a retrial, and he was uh, he was cleared of that, and then was quietly allowed to uh, rebuild a, a career. He's played for Preston, I think now. But at the time when he was trying to, uh, he was trying to uh, play for Sheffield United. I think you remember Jessica Ennis said she wanted a mm-hmm. name taking off the stand if they signed yeah. him. Um, but the uh, but you know the journey that Chad Evans had been through was being accused, being tried, being convicted, being imprisoned, being retried, being exonerated, being let out. Uh, with Mason Greenwood, um, you know it, uh, the thing, the, the unfortunate thing for him is that everyone has seen what it is that he that yeah. is accused of doing. But the but he's not being prosecuted, he's not been convicted, he's not been imprisoned, and you know the. There's, a, you, there's an argument that there should be a line that needs to be crossed before these protests are valid, I think, in, valid enough to to end his career. But we should well, yeah. see. I, I, know, I know exactly what you're saying. And I think that, I think probably if we were to agree, I agree with you, but I think the line has been crossed and you perhaps think at the moment you, you, you're not sure if it has. So that, well, know, I, I, I gather that things have been seen on social media, but that doesn't mean that they've been seen by me. So maybe yeah. they should be. And that would be well, a they have been seen by me. Anyway, on the uh, I was reading the other day about this is this is the great the great day of the year today Thursday just to finish up. Uh, is it Ronaldo time, Day? No. no, no, it's not Ronaldo Day. Oh, okay. It's not Ronaldo. It it is um, uh, the day when twins and and blonde haired girls get photographed getting their exam results. Um, oh yeah, it's it's A level day uh, and 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 uh, somebody was saying on Twitter it's also the day. Um, uh, when Jeremy Clarkson tells everybody it doesn't matter if you're stupid, look at me. Um, yeah, yeah. And Gary happens. Neville says that the A-level system is prehistoric and should be abandoned. Yes, I saw that too. I saw that too. But I wanted to share with you, which I may have shared with you before, but not with our fine listeners and, and the other listeners uh, either. Um, <laughs> about, All five of them, yeah. Yeah, about the day my son went for his um, for his results. And... Um, he was there, and you know, you don't have to go and collect them from the school, do you? You know, you can have no. them sent to you, but people like to do it. They like, you know, they could be with their mates or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he was there, and, and he'd got his. And then this lad came, who this lad was famously lovely. Everybody loved him. And, <laughs> and, uh, but they were very worried that he, uh, that, you know, that he was going to do very badly. You know, everybody knew he was going to do badly. He's not the brightest boy. And, uh, They'd even they'd even got him to take an extra A level just in case by some fluke um, yeah. he got something out of he it. He could get one. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and they were you know they were there, and he was doing like art and photography, and, and not that I'm saying that those are you know worthless A levels. Anyway, the teachers were there, and the teachers loved him too. They loved him. They thought he was yeah, such yeah. a nice kid. Anyway, he opened up the thing, and he just ran. He ran and he ran and he ran. And he went <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I can't believe it. Yes, yes. 
yes, 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 yes. And the teacher said to him, what, 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 what? And he said, it spells dude. <laughs> and I thought that is a fantastic response to your yes. results. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's us for this week. Um, I believe, Christopher. I, I believe so too. And uh, we'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.